This podcast is powered by Oh Such Luck Productions. That's the sound of a whole lot of happy pets. Over the past few months, they've become pretty used to having us around. All the extra time has meant a lot of extra playing, extra walks, and a whole lot of extra attention. As more states reopen from COVID-19 shutdowns, many pet owners will be returning to the workplace. It's time for pet prep, getting our furry loved ones ready for new routines. I'm Brian Osuch, and this is Happening, a podcast about all the spectacular things that happen from the moment we wake up until the time we say goodnight. That leaves a lot of time for a lot to happen. I'm a pet owner. I have a two-year-old miniature schnauzer. Her name is Cherry Jubilee. We call her Cherry. She's pretty used to living a sweet life right about now, as are many pets. But that's almost coming to an end. I recently chatted with Dr. Justine Lee, doctor of veterinary medicine. She's the author of It's a Cat's World, You Just Live in It, and It's a Dog's Life, But It's Your Carpet. Dr. Lee is the CEO and founder of VetGirl, the number one online veterinary continuing education service. She's also host of the popular ER Vet at Pet Life Radio podcast. These past few months have been quite unique. A recent Gallup poll finds about 75% of U.S. residents have been self-isolating in their households at some level. But that's changing, and many people are starting a new way of life. Our pets are going to notice, and they're going to react, and we have to be ready for it. Dr. Lee says there's one big worry spreading among animal care professionals. Our pets are so used to seeing us in the house right now. And I will say I have both dogs and cats. For you cat owners, your cats are actually excited for you to go back to work. (laughs) Just kidding. They're probably maxed out on time. They don't require quite as much environmental enrichment as much as dogs do. But I do really worry about dogs. In fact, all veterinary professionals, animal trainers, dog walkers, and veterinary behaviorists are worried about more states reopening, more pet owners going back to the workplace. Because we're actually worried about something called separation anxiety. And this is when your dog may show some signs of scratching at their crate or whining or barking while you're gone. Some dogs, it can be very severe where they're actually destructive. They will get out of the crate. I've seen dogs chew on drywall. I've seen them chew through closet doors. So you do have to be really careful. So there's a lot of things I actually recommend doing to make sure that we can prepare our pets for their daily routines when we get back to work. I don't know about you, but my dog, Cherry, has been at my feet during the day. She also knows the precise moment when to get excited during a Zoom video meeting. I'm sure I'm not the only one who had to explain all the loud squeaky toys in the background. Before we get into some of the best ways to prep our pets for back to work, Dr. Lee brings up an interesting point about social distancing, something I never thought about. Social distancing from our pets. If you've been spending a lot of time with your dog outside of his crate, so your dog is sleeping on his bed right under your feet, you're at a desk or a computer for eight hours a day, it's time to practice some social distancing from your dog. So 
It could be over a couple of days. Obviously, the more time, the better to acclimate your pet. So I'm going to say if you normally crate your dog while you're at work, now is the time to make sure that you dust off the crate and make it more crate friendly. If your dog is typically used to being crate trained, you want to make sure to spend a little more time away from your dog. That may be just five minutes initially where you're putting their dog food, their treats, their favorite rawhide within that crate, or you're actually moving that crate into a different room very slowly so they get used to that separation time. It could be something as simple as making sure that you're using a food dispensing puzzle toy or something really fun and entertaining to let your dog play with it, whether or not it's in another room or in the living room sofa while you're working in your office. So you want to make sure to start carving out some time alone from your pet. That may be you just going for a walk. We're used to walking with our dogs multiple times during COVID-19. It's been nice to see so many people walking their dogs, but I'm going to encourage you to go for a walk by yourself without your dog or to take the time to run one or two errands so you're gradually increasing that time away from your dog. And what about our feline friends? As for cats, I will say, honestly, they're probably going to adapt pretty well. The biggest thing is just making sure that you're doing the same exact thing. So taking a couple of breaks away, making sure that your cat isn't with you constantly, so gradually increasing the time away from you. It's very common for our furry family members to pick up on and recognize details of our daily routines. By now, most pets have readjusted to new mealtimes, new walking schedules, and all that extra playtime. Dr. Lee recommends we start prepping our pets for our back-to-work lifestyle before we head back to the office. She says the adjustment period varies per animal, but could take anywhere from days to weeks. She suggests we start by deacclimating our pets and trying to desensitize them from any common triggers like sounds or motions associated with getting back to work. We often give cues to our pets that we're leaving, and we don't pick up on those cues normally, but it's putting on our shoes, picking up our keys, grabbing our purse, our briefcase, our backpack, and we're walking out the door. So while you're sitting at home, take the time to just pick up your keys five times during the day. It may be the day before you're leaving or putting on your shoes and not actually going out anywhere. These are little signals that dogs and cats oftentimes will pick up on. So it could be something as simple as that. The more time you have to desensitize your pet, the better the transition. So leaving the house slowly for a couple of episodes, for example, on the first day, leave for five minutes. The second day, leave for two five-minute trips. On the third day, leave for three five-minute trips. Or you can mix it up. You can come back in after a few minutes. You can also set the mood. Again, get that crate out. Put their favorite blanket in there. Make sure to always feed and give treats within that crate. Set the environment. Make it cozy. Consider using a white noise machine, some kind of calming music. I like classical music or NPR or whatever you want. Provide a safe place. If you're worried your dog's potentially going to be destructive or get into something, you can always potentially set up safe baby gates in their one favorite room. So maybe the bedroom or the living room. So when in doubt, you can always do that. What pet doesn't enjoy listening to Morning Edition or All Things Considered on NPR? My little girl, Cherry, loves the opening bell report on WCBS 880 here in New York City. (laughs) Not surprised she loves audio. She's like her daddy. 
Now, back to work. Some of us are getting advance warning, maybe as much as a month or two-week notice. That's great, but what happens if you don't get any lead time? That could be a pretty big shock all at once. Now, if you don't have any time to adapt, you can consider going out, talking to your veterinarian, purchasing different types of pheromone diffusers. There's an Adaptil dog diffuser, and this is actually a natural calming pheromone. The feline version is called Feel Away, and I actually use the cat version myself. So if you're worried, absolutely go out and buy one right now. They're super safe. And they're really designed to mimic that natural pheromone that a mom dog releases while they're nursing. So it really helps calm dogs or it helps cats. Make sure you use the species appropriate pheromone, obviously. So when in doubt, that's the first thing you can do. If you don't have time to acclimate your pet to work, you can always talk to your veterinarian. And be aware, if your dog has really severe separation anxiety, it's okay to say yes to medications because we can use really safe medications. These are anti-anxiety medications. So yes, they'll sedate your pet a little bit, but honestly, this may be more helpful for people who don't have any time to acclimate their pet. They have to go back to work immediately. Talk to your vet about drugs like Alprazolam, it's a Valium-like drug, or Trazodone. Again, super, super safe. You do need a prescription from your veterinarian to get that, but veterinarians are also prepared for this because they know we're going to see a ramp up of separation anxiety as people go back to work. Most pet owners want to make their back-to-work transition easier for their furry family members. The Northeast Animal Hospital in St. Petersburg, Florida, says the fact is, whether you have no time to prepare or two weeks, a significant change to your pet's schedule still comes with some degree of anxiety. Separation is tough, especially when a pet is hyper-attached to his or her owner. They can get super stressed and super anxious. No one wants a sad pet. We need to stay ahead of their internal struggles. That means we have to pay attention to their behavior. Sometimes it could be a change in the pupil size. This is harder to see if you have a dog that has brown eyes, but if their pupils are really dilated, if a dog is panting a lot, if they're pacing, if they're whining, if they're pawing at anything, these are oftentimes signs of anxiety or stress. So there's a lot of things you can do to prepare. And when in doubt, talk to your veterinarian. If you haven't actually established a relationship with a veterinarian, you can always look for resources online. I know the DACVP.org, it stands for the Diplomat of the American College of Veterinary Behaviorists, has some great information on their website. So you can always check there. They have great information also on what you can do to minimize that stress. But again, a lot of things you can do at home. It's important to keep an eye on a pet's behavior, but we also need to be aware of our own actions leading up to work and getting home from work. I give Cherry tons of hugs and kisses before heading out the door, and when I come home, honestly, maybe I'm the one who's squealing, not her. I'm not sure if I'm setting up my household for success leading up to the longer workdays outside of the home. That's a great point, Brian. And I'm going to actually tell you, I hate to say this, but you actually don't want to do that. I always tell dog owners, when it comes to training a dog, there's something called positive and negative association or positive and negative feedback. 
And so if your dog is crate trained, he goes into a crate, you may be actually ramping up the anxiety and creating a trigger by saying, oh, I'll be back. Don't worry. You know, you may actually be reminding your dog that this is a signal they're about to leave. The worst thing you can do is actually when you come home and you're very, very praising. So you're jubilant, you're excited, you have a high-pitched voice. You're like, oh my God, Muffy, I came home. That's the last thing you want to do when you open the crate door because if your dog is really excited, he's barking, he's pawing at the crate to get out, you're talking to him in this high-pitched voice and you open the door to the crate, that's actually rewarding him for bad behavior. So you're rewarding your dog for being bad. All he thinks is, oh, I was scratching at the crate. I was being bad. I was barking. And now I'm rewarded by you opening the door. So even though it's really hard, when you come home, if your dog is howling to get out of the crate, the whole crate is shaking and moving, your dog is pawing at the crate, you actually want to ignore them. Don't even make eye contact. Take your shoes off. Go into another room. Settle down. I know you miss your dog. I know you want to pet him, but you're going to have to smother him with kisses and love when he's calm and quiet. Once your dog lies down, realizes he's not going to get any attention, that's when I'm going to go ahead and open the crate door, pet my dog when they're quiet, and that's when you're going to reward them. So just be aware, you don't want to give too much affection before leaving work, and you definitely don't want to give it when returning home from work if your dog is really ramped up. Holding back the affection to your pet during the excitable times before and after work may be hard to do, but worth the end result. Before wrapping up, I had to ask Dr. Lee a few questions about COVID-19. Now that most of the country is seeing an increase in the number of infections of the virus, I was curious what that meant for our pets. As of now, the CDC says there is no evidence that animals play a significant role in spreading the virus, but it appears that it can spread from people to animals in some situations. Research on SARS-CoV-2 in animals is limited. However, studies are underway to learn more about how this virus can affect different animals. Dr. Lee had something to say about the overall risk. The risk is very minute. Think of the thousands and millions of pets, dogs and cats that are out there and the millions of cases worldwide. In the United States alone, there have been a little over one to two dozen animals that have been positive. And this includes big cats, so tigers, lions, things like that. Yes, we know experimentally with close contact with someone that's positive for COVID-19, cats, ferrets, big cats can be exposed. It is known that dogs are pretty resistant to it. And please be aware that it is highly unlikely that your pet is giving you SARS-CoV-2. If anything, you are giving your pet coronavirus. So again, the risk of your pet giving it to you is really, really low. It's more likely to be seen if a human is positive for coronavirus and ends up shedding it environmentally to their pet. I actually just dedicated a couple of episodes on COVID-19 onto a pet owner podcast that I have called Animal ER and ER Vet. So you can find that at ER Vet. Since March, most of the country has been practicing social distancing. Should we be doing the same with our pets? The CDC 
And the American Veterinary Medical Association, along with a few other organizations, do actually recommend social distancing with pets. And as the COVID quarantine goes on, the key thing to remember is you want to keep pets in your bubble too. Ideally, don't walk your dog on leashes more than six feet. Don't take them to dog parks if they're going to interact with other dogs. Ideally, don't pet or bring in pets to your bubble. Avoid nose-to-nose contact or petting other pets just to be on the safe side. Please keep cats indoors because we do worry cats can potentially chronically carry this, especially if it gets into our feral cat population. Making sure that if you're sick uh, with coronavirus, that you have someone else caring for the pet and you are quarantining yourself into one room. If you don't have that option, making sure that you have a mask on and you have your pet separated in a different room if possible, that you wash your hands before and after handling your pet while wearing a mask. We're still learning a lot about the disease. Dr. Lee has a list of resources for anyone looking for more information. When it comes to COVID-19 and the risk of transmission from pets to humans and vice versa, you want to go to the Center for Disease Control, CDC website, the American Veterinary Medical Association website, or WASAVA, which is spelled W-S-A-V-A, which is the World Small Animal Veterinary Association. I also have a couple of blogs on it at drjustinelee.com, or you can listen to my radio show where I talked about it too. And that's more designed to keep people educated about emergencies that we see, and that's called Pet Life Radio ER Vet. COVID-19 definitely changed our daily routines, and our pets have been by our sides the entire time. A new survey from the Corn Ferry Consulting Firm finds one in five American professionals say there's nothing they're looking forward to about returning to the office. Now, imagine how our furry family members will feel when we head out the door. If we don't like it, they're going to hate it. That's why it's important to come up with a back-to-work pet preparation plan ahead of time. It will help ensure a smoother transition for you while heading back to the daily grind and your pet waiting for you at home. Thanks for listening. I'm Brian Osuch, and this is Happening. This has been an Osuch Luck Productions original.